I'm Helen. And I'm Ali. This is Cars of the Macabre. Profanities guaranteed. Viewer discretion is advised. So we're back. It's Ali and Helen talking about spooky stuff again. Yeah, and you're so conveniently apparel today for this episode. Well, let me tell you. So on the first episode, I talked about David Koresh's Camaro. He was the cult leader. And Zach Bagans had his Camaro. Yes. And I last year, I went to Vegas for SEMA. And whilst I was there, I took myself off. On my own. I'm so proud of you. To Zach Bagan's Horton <laughs> Museum. So that's, I figured, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that because he's got, we did have, three creepy car things. Yeah. Have we got anything else to talk about before that? Well, seems as we're doing this immediately after the, the last episode. No. Not really. <laughs> trying to think if, oh, do you know what I forgot to say in the last one? Mm. So we are hoping to do, no, we are going to do, Let's let's manifest this shit. We, we are, are we are going to do some listener stories. So eventually in sort of season two, if we get any stories from our listeners mm. about paranormal, true crime, urban legends, curses, if there's an involvement of cars in there somewhere, then mm. they can send them in to us and then we can, when we've got enough, we can start doing episodes of that. That would be really fun actually. Yeah. So our email is carsofthemacabre at gmail.com. So you can just send them on over, over to there and then we can read and them. And we'll filter them through and if they're decent, we'll read them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so have you got nothing else to catch up on? No, um, I did want to know, do you have like a spooky, creepy, true crime fact about yourself? Yeah. Go on. Yeah, I do actually. So a... Rapist oh, made me cry at primary school. Would you like me to? Yeah. Go further with that. So when I was at Washington Church of England primary school, so like, how old are you at primary school? Like little. Yeah. Diddy. From so from reception, which is like four years old yeah. until nine, ten, ten. Okay. Yeah, and then you, yeah, so you go up to like middle school. Yeah, so it's like the, your first school, basically, yeah, isn't yeah. it? So we had really nice school, really little school, and we had a boy who he'd been expelled from other schools, and he was sent Red to flag. ours. Yeah, right. I was like, oh, for God's sake, don't send him to us then. And that so, was so snobby. Ugh. <laughs> but honestly, when I explain to you, you'll be you you will agree. So, one of the first things he did that was a paranormal sound. Your stomach rumbling. <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm know really if it picked hungry. up on that, but that was Carby good. Needs feeding. <laughs> so yeah, this is a bit of a trigger warning. This story. My little friend, he like chucked her off the playground, and there was some rocks on one side, and she split oh. her head open. So that's the first thing he did. Then he used to pay this girl to be his girlfriend, to pretend to be his girlfriend. Oh, dear. And then one time in um, we had this, like, dinner hall. and Hang had... on a second. You're at prime school. How do you get money to pay someone to pretend to be his girlfriend? I don't know. He paid, like, 20p a day. <laughs> the things people will do for money. <laughs> exactly. So, you know. Then in the dinner hall, he was sitting across from me, across the room on a different table, but he was opposite me. Mm. And he mouthed to me, I love you. Oh. And I felt instantly nauseous I thought I was going to throw up I started crying and I had to go to the nurse's office I just didn't I just had vibes mm. you just get vibes I'm like no he literally makes me want to be sick yeah because there's a vibe and when he was 15 years old in one of the local villages again trigger warning forward this if you are triggered by anything 
he raped an elderly woman <gasps> while she was putting flowers on her husband's grave. Oh, my God. She died two weeks later, so really it was murder. Yeah. Or at least manslaughter. Oh, my Oh, no, I don't so, like... Oh, that's really sad. It's awful. It's really awful. And it, I just... Yeah. So I feel like I am a good judge of character. So if someone makes me want to vomit, they're likely to be some sort of true crime disgusting person. Oh, no, I don't like that story at all. As sorry, you asked oh, no, me. I I'm sorry I asked. Have <laughs> you got one? I do. So <laughs> mine's a very loose connection to Jack the Ripper, oh, who happens to be my favourite serial killer. Um, his last victim, Mary Jane Kelly, was killed on my birthday. I mean, I wasn't born in the 1800s. I'm not right. that old. But yeah, November 9th. Oh, okay. I know. Well, that's a bit more of a... Well, I was saying it's a bit more of a cheery one. <laughs> no, I, I don't know how all. you word that, but... Not at all. Yeah, so uh, that's my very loose and vague connection to Jack the Ripper. Cheers, Jack. Amazing. Yeah. Cheers, Jack. I'm actually going to take this bracelet off because uh, it's banging on the table and I don't want to upset Gooba. So I'm going to start talking <laughs> about Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum and the creepy cars that he has. So I'm going to talk about Zach a little bit first for those yep. who don't know him. So Zachary Bagans is an American paranormal investigator and you may know him as the main host of series Ghost Adventures on Discovery Plus and the Travel Channel. I do like a bit of Ghost Adventures. Yeah, so we mentioned this in our first episode. There's 26 series and there is, I believe, in excess of 10 spin-offs. It's very successful. Isn't one of the most recent spin-offs to do with the Death Lake or the Lake of Death or something? Yes, so that was a one-off. Mm, that was yeah. really good. And then he's he's actually done quite a few bits and pieces from his haunted museum. Thick. So it's really cool because you can go and actually watch it and then go and see it. Amazing. So Zach Bagans developed a profound interest in the paranormal when he was just 10 years old, scouring nearby garage sales with his mum in search of odd and spooky collectibles. Mm. This is all information off the So niche for a 10-year-old. Right? Yeah. It was like, I feel like he was born spooky. I was... What was I doing at 10? Being fat and bullied. <laughs> that was me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't supposed to be you, sad. You're all right. You're I'm all okay. right. I'm okay. I'm with friends now. You're okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had an interest back then. You did have an interest back then. We loved Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, but no... Loving Alice in Wonderland and having like a really cool collection and you know something fun to do, rather than just repeatedly watch Alice in Wonderland. I bought you a death doll. No, that was yours, and I wasn't ten then. How old are you? So, I was like, sorry, we're verging off very much on a off-piste, tangent. Off piste. Um. So you had a living dead doll. I must have been what. 15? Oh. That was it. And you gave it to me when you moved out after uh. one of the million times that you lived with us. <laughs> and then I went through a bit of a phase. <laughs> yeah. And then my dad, being a very typical Scotsman, didn't like anything weird or whatnot. And It was know, quite creepy, to be fair. It was very creepy. He thought I'd been influenced by this doll. From from my behaviour, and he burned it. <laughs> it's kind of a cool story, is it? Yeah, <laughs> cool story. Is this? <laughs> Tell it I again, think it right? is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so back to Zach. Back to more spooky people. So his fascination with the unusual evolved into a lifelong pursuit for answers about the afterlife. Not merely through the study of earthbound energy, but also through years of science-based research using a multitude of specially engineered equipment to measure fluctuations in the environment. More specifically, to communicate with the dead. Mm-mm-mm. Now a pioneer in the paranormal field, Bagans is giving everyone the chance to experience the spine-chilling vibe of the spirit world at the new Zach Bagans The Haunted Museum, lo- located in downtown Las Vegas... So basically, this museum is one big paranormal experiment. Oh, it's an experiment. Yeah, so that it because there's always cameras on, mm-hmm. and that's what's really great. Like in spin-offs, when he's done sort of series and spin-offs about the museum and also his haunted artifacts, there will be a lot of CCTV footage about stuff that's happened. Awesome, which is really paranormal cool. Caught on camera. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the museum. 
So um, Zach is from Vegas. He, oh, okay. I don't know if he was actually born there, but he he lives there or he did live there. So this is in downtown Vegas, which in itself is pretty scary. <laughs> so the 11,000 square foot property built in 1938 was originally owned by prominent businessman Cyril S. I love the name Cyril. That is a good name. Such a good granddad name. Granddad Cyril. Maybe people should bring that back. Hmm. Through the years, hostile spirits, family members who passed away there and whose energy remains, have been rumoured to roam the halls, terrorising past occupants. Some long-time Las Vegans even claim dark rituals took place in the home's basement during the 1970s. Ooh. So when they bought it, they went into the basement and they discovered a pentagram on yeah. the floor of the basement and there were kind of ritualistic items down there. Okay. So when you do the tour of the museum, if you get the RIP package, which I did, of course you did, all on my lonesome. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I wasn't going around on my own. I was part of a group, but I went there by myself. That's soft here because no you were nervous, to. Nelly. <laughs> it, I, I did all right. I did jump on someone halfway round, but I'll tell you about that in a minute. That's laws against that, Helen. <laughs> no, but that was because of a clown. Uh, well, then that's absolutely fair it. enough. Get I get it. it. I get yeah. it. So that, that you can go in the basement. I went in the basement, but I wouldn't touch the pentagram, and it's kind of small. So I was literally like skirting around the outside of the <laughs> walls, and then just in like a Zoidberg around it. Exactly, that's <laughs> what I was doing, and then just ran back up the stairs. I was just like, oh, that's scary. So paranormal enthusiasts visit Zach Bagan's The Haunted Museum, venture down creepy winding hallways and secret passages into more than 30 rooms that rival scenes from Hollywood horror films, setting the stage for frightening facts about each paranormal piece, such as the Dibbuk box, known as the world's most haunted object. The vintage wine cabinet inspired the movie The Possession and is said to house a malicious spirit. And shortly following its arrival at the museum, mysterious protruding holes began to appear in the walls around the artefact as if something was trying to break out from within the exhibit. A Las Vegas marketing executive and Bagans both witnessed a black-cloaked figure pass through the exhibit's closed door during a private tour. And this has also been seen by multiple guests and staff at the museum. So I booked, you have to book tickets to go. Mm -hmm. You can't just get them on the door. It's not, you're not guaranteed them. It's not worth it. Just book book it online first. And when you book them, you have to sign this really scary waiver. See, anywhere you go where you have to sign a waiver, it just makes it so legit. (laughs) Exactly. Honestly, the waiver nearly put me off. Really? Because I was just like... I mean, I know they're trying to be cautious and careful because it's America and they're like a waiver. Mm-hmm. But honestly, so I had to sign this before entering and that absolves the Haunted Museum from, quote, any loss, liability, damage, cost or expense which, may, which they may occur as a result of my death or injury or property damage that I may sustain while participating. Jesus Christ. So if you die in there, it's on you, bruv. Your fault, mate. Your fault, mate. Well, you know, we warned you. So I toured the whole museum Mm -hmm. with my R.I.P. pass. But I'm going to talk about the cars specifically first. (laughs) This is going to be really dumb, but I just realised R.I.P. pass. Yeah. Oh, my God. How did that take me that long? I love you. It's been a busy weekend. I know. (laughs) I know. So the... the, No, you're good. You're all right. You're all right. So we talk about the first car, which I have already covered in the first episode. So if anyone hasn't listened to that, that's the the episode about Waco and David Koresh, who was a cult leader. Yes. So that in it's actually not there anymore, sadly. Zach sold it. But when it was there, as soon as you arrive into the property, it's all got a big fence around it, because you know, downtown at Las Vegas is a bit scary. Yeah. Going to the car park and the nineteen sixty eight Chevy is just park there just like oh don't mind me i'm just a coal leader car looking awesome just someone's just rocked up and abandoned the car and yeah gone for a jolly i'm just gonna park that there and it is it's a lovely car anyway (laughs) yeah and then it's got this incredible macabre history so the former owner was cult leader david koresh who was the man at the center of the tragic siege at compound in waco texas back in 1993 and he was a proper petrol head yeah 
And as I said, I don't want to repeat too much of the first episode because people should just go and see Listen it. to it. Yeah, but he he did a lot of mechanics himself. He actually did the car up himself and it was it was sieged by the authorities from the compound. Sieged. Sieged. Seized? Seized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fine, you can keep that in. I, 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 I like that. I know why I am. It was sieged. I make no apologies. <laughs> in the siege, it was seized. And then it changed hands quite a lot of times. It was done up and then eventually Zach bought it, but he sold it. Which is really oh, sad. And oh, look, it's a beautiful car. It is absolutely stunning. So within itself, it's a lovely car, but then you've just got this history of the fact that it's been done up by, mm. driven by this cult leader. You know, whatever your thoughts are on cults, especially David Koresh, you know, whatever that is, it's it's a cool car. It's an awesome car. And it has a very cool history. So I'd definitely drive that car. Yeah. So that was just, just hanging out in, in the car park with a little sign above it. Like you could have missed it, to be yeah. fair. Maybe that's why he sold it because it just wasn't the space for it. I don't know. Or maybe people were missing it and then potentially, I don't know. Exactly. They weren't paying enough attention to it. No. So, I mean, I'm not going to talk loads about it because it was in... The first episode. In the first episode <laughs> and actually in the museum. It, it's not in the museum. It's just yeah. there. Hi. And now it's not. And now it's not, which is sad. But I did take some photos when I was there, which are on our Instagram, at Cars and the Macabre. But because it was nighttime, it was a bit dark. Well done. Yeah. (laughs) God, I'm not not one with the words today. I'm not wording very well today. (laughs) Speak, I cannot. Uh, So there we go. But yeah, that's... And I don't know where it is. And on the first episode, we did say, if anyone knows who's bought it, because I couldn't find that yeah, out. Yeah, definitely tell us. Please let us know, because I'd love to know where it's gone. And I hope it's somewhere where people can see it. Mm-hmm. And if not, just give it to me and I'll drive it about, because it's rad. Drive about on that. Definitely. Which is Gilbert's dream job. Just drive about on that. <laughs> just drive about on that. Yeah, he's not doing <laughs> that, so he's going to do. So the second car, which actually is probably the main car in the museum, is the infamous death van which is part of the dr jack kevorkian exhibit in the museum yes so that gives you an idea of how big the museum is see that looks smaller than i expected it to be well how big do you think a vw bus is going to be babe well no. <laughs> in your head was it like an articulated lorry full no, of dirt i just thought it would i don't know there's not a lot of room is there he made enough room. Well, yeah. It was, he it made was it work. enough. Don't forget people camp in them, so there's yeah, room true. to lay down and that's all he really needed. Yeah. Someone to lay down. So Dr. Kevorkian was an American pathologist <laughs> and euthanasia proponent who publicly championed a terminal patient's right to die by physician-assisted suicide. And I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it's up to the person, I think. Yeah, and if you are compass mendis, off sound mind, and you can make that decision, you don't want to live with a terminal illness that will eventually kill you anyway and possibly render you incapable of even the simplest self-care. Exactly. Absolutely. Take me to Switzerland. Yeah, Switzerland. Yeah. No, I I agree. I mean, obviously everyone has their opinion on it. And he was quoted as saying dying is not a crime. However, there were a few questions about whether people were in their right mind when they requested Mm. to be put to sleep. Well, I think it's quite an extensive um, examination you go through now. Yeah. Yeah. And it is also suggested that some of the people may have changed their minds at the last minute Uh, when it was too late. Yeah. See, I mean, I can see why people would consider it kind of like a crime. So suicide used to be known as self-murder and it was illegal. Yeah. Um, So in those kind of terms, probably why it's more of a recent acceptance now um, for people to die by euthanasia Mm -hmm. um, rather than perhaps the stigma that surrounded it all back then yeah, I mean exactly. suicide is now no longer illegal and it's no longer a crime but I can see why perhaps some people were still think of it as a bit sort of taboo and also if if depending on the religion yeah a lot of religions do not like that fair enough mm. 
So portrayed in the media as Dr. Death, Kvorkin said that he assisted in at least 130 patients' deaths. In um, And in 1998, he was arrested and tried for his direct role in a case of voluntary euthanasia on a man named Thomas Yolk. He was convicted of second-degree murder and served eight years of a 10 to 25-year prison sentence, released on parole on the 1st of June 2007, on condition he would not offer advice about, (laughs) participate in or be present at the act of any type of euthanasia to any other person, as well as neither promote nor talk about the procedure of assisted suicide. So... Let me just form this question so it makes sense. Um, was it just because it, euthanasia um, was illegal in America that he got done for all of this? Pretty much, and I mean, so he wasn't doing it like Harold. Like he wasn't killing people like Harold Shipman, for example. N- no, so these people wanted to allegedly die. the people had requested it, and it, he was offering a service as such. Okay, and the reason why the the death van is so important within that story is because many of the patients were killed in the death van as it was moving so that they could try and avoid being caught. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when you go into um, the... So there's that you go into one little room first and it's all set up as Dr. Kevorkian's kind of like... um, like a surgery, like, you know, when you go and see your GP. Yeah. It's like an office with medical cabinets and a desk and it's got a lot of his possessions in there and it's been completely recreated as it was. Oh, okay. And then you go, once you've been in there and then the tour guide tells you about stuff, then Zach comes on the screen and tells you all about Dr. Kavorki and what's happened in the room and then you go through and you can see the death bus. In that room, so like I said, I was on my own, but there were a few other people on the tour on their own. And everyone's really friendly anyway. And I was in there and I was standing by the desk and I honestly felt like I was about to pass out. The floor started undulating. I was really dizzy. I felt really sick. And I sort of had to steady myself and say, does anybody else feel dizzy? And the tour guide said, be really careful because people have passed out in here. And then interestingly enough, when I saw... Zach's episode in the Haunted Museum and they played CCTV footage. Mm. There's lots of women, specifically women, mm. have have legitimately passed out, drop on the floor, cartoon style in the office. Oh, that's weird. But what they kind of, and again, this is part of his whole like giant paranormal ex- experiment, is they don't actually think it's directed or, or surrounding Dr. Kevorkian's spirit, as it were. Mm -hmm. They think it's one of the spirits from the museum is kind of feeding off the energy of um, the objects in this room, obviously the stories around the bus. Okay, but would that not be the same for all the other rooms? Like if you started being... Could be. Rather than it being specifically, for example, Dr. Kevorkian's haunted possessions and whatnot that are now... It could display. be, but then when you've heard, if you hear stories about haunted houses, yeah, generally there's a floor that's haunted or a particular room that's yeah, very that's haunted. True. So if something has happened in that particular room before, mm. and then you've got all this kind of chaotic energy from this death bus that's, and the fact yeah. this guy has he he's killed 130 people, whether they gave permission or not. There's right. still 130 deaths. Yeah, because I was going to ask the fact that it's predominantly women that are passing out, whether most of his victims were women. It was a mixture. But it was a mixture, yeah, okay. So, so there's no sort of connection or tie there. They don't think so. No, and okay. again, I would definitely recommend watching the, the Ghost Adventure series because it's it was when it was in lockdown. Yeah. So they ha- they couldn't open the museum, so they did their own lockdown in there. It's Love really that. good, really good. And like I said, there's a lot of CCTV footage of things happening to other people. And I was See, like, that's oh. the stuff I like to see is people's reactions. Yes, mm. yeah. Um, I mean, it, it was really bananas. Uh, You're very sensitive as well because when we went to the Haunted Museum in Nottingham, there was like specific areas where you were like feeling yeah. sick and yeah. had to leave. So 
It was the same feeling. Yeah. So when, I mean, we, we're going to do more of an episode on the Haunted Museum, but there was yes. one room where I felt, because obviously we're so nerdy about all the facts, so we're reading <laughs> every little placard with every bit of information on everything, weren't yeah. we? I'm trying to, trying to read all this stuff in this doll room and I just felt so sick and dizzy. I felt like someone had given me like 10 Valium and then smacked me around the face. <laughs> So I had to oh, leave yeah, the sorry room. about that. Sorry. <laughs> right. Oh, it was you. It was me. Fight my coffee. <laughs> so I had to leave the room and then I went back thinking, oh, you know, it's fine and felt the exact same. Yeah. Whereas I spent so long in there looking at every single doll yeah, and, you were <laughs> and fine. watching the little video thing and I'm like, do <laughs> you? Yeah, you're fine. There we go. Yeah, sub's about it. But I have been told I'm psychic. Mm. So. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I felt disgusting in that room. So yeah, they just warned and said people have have legitimately passed out in that room, and and then when they've come to, they talk about seeing a figure, a male figure with like a dark cloak and a hat. Um, so that's obviously, I would imagine that's something from the the past. Yeah, history of the kind building. of sounds monkish. Maybe. With a top hat. Oh, sorry, I forgot you said top hat. <laughs> <laughs> that is one dandy monk. <laughs> Maybe there were monks with top hats. If so, I, I want to see be a thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look for pictures. If there are any, I'll put them on our Instagram. Absolutely. If not, draw one. <laughs> yes, that's a really good idea. A monk idea. in a top hat. I love that. It sounds like the beginning of a joke as well. <laughs> a monk in a top hat walked into a bar. <laughs> oh, I love it. So then... <laughs> Gilbert's searching for images of monks I and top hats. This. So <laughs> we have this screen set up here so that if we have questions or we need visuals, Mark has all this stuff coming up uh, on, on Google. Oh, uh, there's no monk in a top it's hat. It's not a monk in a top hat. There's a lot of other people in top hats. Oh, giant uh, pretzel. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. So Kevorkian, who died in 2011 lived out of the van for periods of his life and used it to carry out some of the estimated 130 assisted suicides. So they weren't all done in the van? No, they can't prove right. what was and what wasn't. They think that a lot of them were. Okay. Um, because he had all of the equipment in there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Janet Adkins, his first public assisted suicide patient, died in the van in rural Oakland County in June 1990. She was 54 and had been diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's disease. Right. So, yeah, there's, there's, uh, Goober's got a list of his victims there. Well, if, it's a bit strange because I don't want to call victims. them his, his alleged victims because. You know, we don't know. It, yeah. We don't know. So it's really hard to kind of. So you, once you've been in that little room in the museum, I say little, it's not that little. Then you go through to the adjoining room where the VW bus is parked in there. Again, this gives you an idea of how big this place mm-hmm. is. This is only one room, and it's all set up. The equipment's all set up in the van. There's all candles on everywhere. And there's some information and then there's the TV with Zach telling you more, more information and they've got some mannequin set in the car that look like there's like a dead body in there. Yeah. It's um I didn't feel sick and oh yeah, you can oh. see it there. Thanks, Gooba. Again, I'll there are pictures on Instagram. I'll put more on. You're not actually allowed to take photos in the museum. Okay. Which is fair enough. Yep. So any I've put on there are sourced from, you know Tinternet. Tinternet, Tinterwebs. Tinterwebs. But yeah, so you've got like pictures, you've got memorial bits there. Oh, that just makes me feel a bit good just looking at that like it that. It does. That's the thing. And I think I'm going to do a, a full on episode on Dr. Kevorkian's. It's a very interesting one mm. because, again, what, what what is the truth? Yeah. Technically, it was illegal, but then were they asking for it? There's just so many questions. So yeah. I don't know how. I think there'll always be questions that will go unanswered. Yeah, definitely. And that's the annoying thing. Yeah, but but by <laughs> but interesting as well. Yeah, exactly. And in in kind of the eyes of the law, yeah, it was a true crime. So yeah, you know, quite interesting. But um, yeah, you have to come with me to the museum because it's just now we just need to raise funds to we get do. to Las Vegas. We do, we do, <laughs> and for rip passes. Exactly, and he um. He rotates, he has a lot of artefacts going in because there's another 
uh, it's a spin-off or it's an actual series where he talks about haunted objects mm. and people bring them in to the museum. I've seen that. I think I made you watch it. Yeah. And if they <laughs> made me watch it. <laughs> a lot of people, if they've got items that they they're too something's happening with them, mm-hmm. they're haunted, cursed, whatever they believe. Some shit going down. Some shit is going down. And they don't want to give them away or sell them because they don't want to pass it on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. They don't want to throw them away because they're scared what will happen then. Yeah. So they can take them to Zach and he will take them and put them in the museum. Oh. So it's, it's a public service, that. It is a public service. And that just adds to the big paranormal experiment that, that he's doing because he's he has got thousands of artefacts. I think you'd need like several days to go through everything properly, wouldn't you? You would really. You- I mean... Probably best to have a tour guide because they'll take you to all the really and, and tell you all the goods, the good bits, if that makes sense. Yeah, you can't do it without a tour guide. No. You have to go with a tour guide. The tour is two and a half hours. Oh, that's a proper tour. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's, I think it was really worth getting the extra pile. I bought a t shirt. I'm really happy with it. I'm wearing it today. And suitably apparel. Everybody was really nice. It was, it was just, it was, it was a freak fest. I loved it. <laughs> brilliant but but you could spend all day in there and probably not see everything yeah because there's so much but so many people want to go there they have to do these tours mm. but the place is so big they can have a couple of tours going on at the same time oh that's really cool yeah i think maybe i'd like get tickets over a couple of days have the really good tickets where you get all the extras and whatnot and do then the sh- torchlight tour yeah do the torchlight tour because you, you because with each one, you probably see different stuff. Yes. So that'd be really cool. Yeah. Like you'd see the same real sort of poignant stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, and I it think would that's be, what I do. It'd be interesting to do two trips to see how you felt on the first trip. Yeah. And then if you went back, like uh, I could be the experiment because I, I know the bits that felt made me feel yeah, a you, certain you'd way. You'd be the, a different experiment on the side. Yeah. You'd be the side experiment. Side <laughs> experiment on the side of the big experiment. But yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's fabulous. And um, so the third car, which was a big surprise to me, and it's something that I'm... It's a story I'm fascinated by. And it's not an entire car. It's the transaxle from James Dean's Porsche 550 Spider. Oh. And he died in that car. Again, I'm going to do this as a full-on episode, so I'm not going to go massively into it, but James Dean was killed in a car crash while driving his Porsche 550 Spider to a race. There are a number of creepy happenings relating directly to this car before and after James Dean's death, um, but I am going to cover that in a full episode. <gasps> Look at it. It's Oh, the crash Jesus. photos are horrific. Christ on a cracker. Yeah, there's no way anybody could have survived that. Um, and <gasps> so Bagans purchased the transaxle, which he's then, he's had it put into... Other parts of the car, so you can see how it would work in the. It, so Ooh. it's you can see it on the axle, mm. and then you can see where the wheels would go. So it helps you figure out in the car where it would be. Okay, so was this like one of the few surviving parts of the car? Then I would have to tell you the whole episode oh, okay. to tell you I'll that because it wait. is. Yeah, <laughs> it's not known really where the rest of the car is. So I don't know how he got this. He must just have the best Man's contact. Got connections, yeah. <laughs> he must do. And this has been verified by Porsche as the part. He has paperwork. And it's got its own room. And I didn't know it was going to be there, so I was just like, wow, that's amazing. Oh, I've got no words. That's awesome. That, I mean, that that is part of a very macabre car. Mm. And then the death bus, very macabre as well. And the Camaro, if he still had it, but he doesn't. So they're the car things in the museum. Um, there's so much in that place. I've almost forgotten what I saw. Then we must go. We must go back. Go. Who wants to sponsor us to go to Las Vegas? <laughs> that would be really good to go and do, yeah, we could do like a, do a podcast right after we'd been there. I'll give you pictures of my feet. <laughs> I mean, some people like that. They do. Some people do like that. So I want to talk about some of the other things in the museum and also what, else happened to me whilst I was in the museum mm. being the weirdo that I am so perhaps so this is again this is from um the website so I've got a lot of information from there yeah. um perhaps most unsettling is the original staircase from the Indiana Demon House notorious for its powerful paranormal activity before being demolished in 2014 
The wooden banister and creaky steps from the house now stand in a dimly lit corner, resting on a blanket of dirt from the location. Ooh. Following its installation, a group of construction workers walked off the job and refused to come back. So you can learn all about the haunted collection filmed in its entirely at the museum in Ghost Adventures Artifacts, which is on the Travel Channel. This room is the only room that has a crucifix above the door. I really... That, for me, jolted me. That's the only room they put one above. Mental. And I see, I I need to... I've seen the episode about this because they basically they bought this demon house to do, like, um, uh, you know, some episodes from and, and really see what it's all about. Oh, so Zach Bagans bought it, the they house. They bought it. Okay. And a lot of shit went down... A lot of bad stuff happened to the people who were involved. It was that bad that they demolished it. So to me, for Zach Bagans to demolish something he'd bought and then, you know, just kept basically a few bits to put in his museum, they were just like, this isn't safe for anyone to be in. I'm taking it off the table for everybody, you know? So what what specifically about the staircase... I would have to watch the episode again. Can we watch it after we've done this? We absolutely can. Please. Yay. Oh. But just... <laughs> Gabe was like, I'm going to leave. Is not I don't want any of this in my life. For God's sake. Every time she's here. <laughs> the, whole, so the, whole muse- the whole museum, it really is like something out of Hollywood because there's a lot of rooms recreated. It's curated incredibly well. Mm. Whatever anyone says about paranormal things in the museum, it's curated perfectly. It really is a show. And the thing is, if if you have an experience, and I'm not saying like a, a ghostly experience, mm. supernatural, paranormal, anything like that, if you go there and this experience makes you like just genuinely happy or, you know, it just you just really enjoyed it and stuff, that's, yeah. you, whether it's bullshit or not. Yeah. Then great. Exactly. You've had a great time. Exactly. Fab. And the thing is, you know, you've, the stuff that Zach has, he he has records that everything's legit. Yeah. You know, he has got some incredible artifacts in this collection. But th- this, yeah, the fact I nearly didn't go in the room because I got really bad vibes. And the fact there was a, a crucifix, and then so when you go in, there's all shutters down. Yeah, you go into the room, they shut the door because there's a lot of rooms that the tour guys won't go in. They literally oh. put you in them, and then you watch the video of Zach. Well, isn't isn't that bad? Surely, if the tour guide goes in, it should. Uh, it doesn't go in. You shouldn't it, go in. <laughs> that's why you sign a waiver. Oh well. Because the tour guides won't go in the basement either. They're like, you can go down there if you want. I'm not going. But if you and you have to have the RIP pass to go in the basement. Yeah. Okay. So again, it, they're like, it's up to you. We signed your you know, head. Be it. Well, exactly, because we signed the waiver. So, so you go in that room, and then once the door's shut. Zach sort of tells you about it on the screen, all the shutters come up and you just see this rebuilt, recreated basement with the dirt and everything. And it's incredible. It's like a film set. It's so clever. Oh. And it's just like I'm peeking in and you can only see through little bits. You sort of have to peek in and it's it's just... Shit, I really want to go. The whole thing is just incredible. It really is clever. Oh. So Maybe for my 40th in 20 years' time. <laughs> yes. I think, 20 I, years to save up for Las Vegas. Yeah, that's about right. Exactly. <laughs> but I feel like we, yeah, we should just go. Yeah. Just, there's some really great museums there. So we should just go, go to all of them. So another highlight for me, he has a lot of serial killer artifacts. Mm. He's got a lot of murderbilia, as it's known. Oh, murderbilia. There was a serial killer that you may have heard of called Ed Gein. Oh, yeah, we know Ed. We'll cover Ed Gein. Yes. Because that's obviously connected to a car, as as most true crime stories normally are. You need a car to get someone. We will always find a car connection, yeah, I exactly. think. <laughs> they, um, they once drove a car down the street. Okay, <laughs> we'll put it in. <laughs> that's good. That's good enough for us. So in a room dedicated to serial killer Ed Gein is the cauldron used to cook human body parts and around the room are other artefacts from Gein's reign of terror, including a portrait containing real human skin. (gasps) This setup, this room, is a recreation of Ed Gein's barn 
where he used to cut people up. Mm-hmm. And the people who put it together were the set designers and creators from American Horror Story. Gnarly. So, that I mean, you can just tell how good that's oh, going to be. I love that. It's so freaky. So the cauldron is in a glass cabinet, so you can't touch it. Okay. And I wouldn't touch it anyway. Just, you know, I know you get people get desensitised from watching films and seeing this, that and the other, but being in there, seeing that, it is... I can't explain it. Really odd. It's really like strange. Prehensible, really. Like, yeah. I know where you're going, like with the desensitization thing. Like, you try and get your head around the fact that people were boiled in this cauldron. Yeah. It's like, I remember once when, when I was working at one of the funeral homes, we had um, uh, a deceased come in and they were practically skeletonized. And there's like, there was still hair and a bits of tissue and things like Ew. that. But because of like mainly seeing these things in film and on TV and stuff like that, it still doesn't quite seem real. And the only thing that made it seem real is like when your other senses start to get involved. Smell. So smell. And it smelled smelled quite, yeah, swampy, very organic. And that's the thing that made it real. Other than that, you look at it and you think, huh. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's, It's really bizarre. I think that's a way of our brain helping us to cope with Awful things. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's most of the reason people work who work in um, with the deceased have a lot of gallows humour because it's how to deal with it. Yeah. Well, you, you, you know, we're not being disrespectful or anything like that, but, you know, I'd rather laugh than cry. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> literal comic relief. You know, that is an actual thing. Um, but, yeah, I, the, the fact that there's blood stains in the cauldron still, <gasps> it just the whole thing is very... It's kind of sensory overload because you're in this recreated yeah. scene and the fact it's been recreated by American so Horror Story folks. Have the bloodstains been tested? That to Everything's been legitimised. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Again, God only knows where he found this cauldron, but he obviously has some very good contact. I reckon, you know, because everything like that would have to go into police evidence. Yeah. And things get auctioned off. Maybe Zach's got the monopoly. Exactly. And they're like, mate, do you want this cauldron? I actually Um, joined the police auction. So because I was thinking, oh, if I can get a car, like an ex-criminal's car or an ex-cult leader's car, but it's really difficult to understand it. I'm going to probably have to get Goober to look at it. Because, you know, me with technology. (laughs) To find out how everything works. But, I mean, yeah, that's... And again, that is... I believe there's 30 individual rooms in the house. It's mm-hmm. more of a mansion, really. And that that's one of them. And it's just... It's bonkers. Um, and he's got, he's actually got another room which is dedicated to serial killers. So it's the serial killer room. That's mm. where he's got other serial killer uh, murderbilia on display. And that includes Ted Bundy's murder kit, um, cremated bone fragments from Charles Manson. Now that is something I would want to own. Yeah. I can't tell you why, I just would. I've got a thing about Charlie Manson. He's also, in that cabinet, there's some artwork has been created by somebody with ashes, with Charles Manson's ashes. Yes, I heard about that. It's on there. We'll put this on, on Instagram. Oh man, he was so creepy looking. I mean, that's another one we're going to have to do. Mm-hmm. Charlie, Charlie, well, you can do that because you're... <laughs> Bagsy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then on the walls are sickening quotes from notable serial killers on why they kill. The room is packed with artefacts, with placards explaining their meaning. Um, and it does take some time to ju- digest because you're... Again, it's just like, this doesn't seem real. Mm. You've got murder weapons are in there with body fluids on them still. Shit, the bed. It is, it's crazy. And it's just, it is so much to take in. And the interesting thing with that room, and again, if you watch the series, that's a quite a haunted room. That sits directly above the basement where the pentacle, pen, pentacle, <laughs> pentacle. What, pe, pentagram. pentagram. Oh my <laughs> God. Oh, we we've we haven't eaten today. I reckon that's oh, it. Oh, I can't am be sorry, but I mean, you'd be more sorry if you were me, and this is how you talked. So it's it's. A... I have to live with myself. <laughs> Listen, you have no idea. 
Is this why Ellen and I need to be together at all times? Yeah. We make sure the other one stays upright. Yeah, but like together we don't make a hole anything. No. So I, <laughs> I don't know. we're still empty. Yeah. There's still holes in the situation. <laughs> Pentagram. Yes. Okay. Do you know where a pentacle is from tarot cards? And yeah. And I started reading tarot cards. So that is directly above the the, the sort of devil worshipping area of the basement so they they think that that might be that energy with the negative energy from the negative theory, negative energy from <laughs> negative. the serial killers is just basically creating this paranormal tornado oh oh i really like that description paranormal tornado sometimes when i can talk it's okay it sounds all right <laughs> sometimes i sound smart <laughs> sometimes smart i am They've got Sharon Tate's wedding dress in there as well, <gasps> which kind of made me really sad. Yeah. Because it was awful what happened to her. Um, yeah, that is that, yeah. We have to go into all of that in, that, in a we Charles will. Manson episode. Charlie, we're coming for you, man. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. There's a wedding dress. Oh, it's beautiful. Again, the stuff he's got is incredible how he's collected. He And he's clearly spent years and years collecting this stuff. And it is, wow. I mean, it's just... It's bonkers. It really is bonkers. So one of the room, another serial killer room, which, and I wasn't quite prepared for all the serial killer stuff. In my head, I was just like, oh, paranormal, paranormal. That's what I was really excited about. So I just wasn't prepared for any of the murdery stuff. Was there no sort of like, you know, either reading up about it or, you know, the advertising or anything like that? Does it not just say? Well, I'd seen the series. My memory's not the best, babe. Oh, yeah, true, babe. So, you know. True, babe, true, babe. True, babe, true, true babe. babe. <laughs> so the Robert Burdella room, he was an American serial killer known as the Butcher of Kansas City. He tortured, raped and murdered six male victims. Zach has the bed, the restraints, the mattress um, with body bodily fluids on it and the Polaroids taken by Robert Badella of him torturing his victims in this room. Oh so, my God. Again, it's a recreation of his basement. Yeah. So you literally are immersed in this absolute hellhole. Jesus. And in the corner, so he's got blown up pictures of the Polaroids around the walls. Then he's He blew got, them up? Yeah. Then you've got the actual ones in cabinets. Oh, God. Yeah, you would need a trigger warning for that. Yeah, definitely. And then there's the bed made to look like the basement. He's got... Um, there was like a wooden, long wooden pole that was used to... Their arms were put behind their backs and mm -hmm. the pole was put through them and yep. they were restrained that way. And that he he used to electrocute them as part of the torture. Look at him. He he honestly looks like, you know, that family friend that your parents have befriended because they're lonely, um, but they're actually a creepy pervert that turns out to be a nonce. Yeah, he does look like that. That's what he looks though. like. And when, like I say, there's, there's fecal matter and blood on the mattress. It is literally like walking to, into a crime scene. <sighs> It, it's just, it's really hard to explain. It is absolutely, it's very, very interesting. It is disturbing. Mm. I can imagine, like, quite harrowing because you then start to picture what happened and sometimes the imagination just runs. But again, it's that whole fight with your brain saying, no, that's, this isn't a set. That yeah. is the actual thing that was used. That's, he had, um, he had uh, some of the actual, uh, I think he had the knife in there, <sighs> which I believe had blood on it he's what honestly the stuff he's got in there is incredible so that the serial killer stuff really got me because i just wasn't ready yeah. for it but it was incredibly interesting yeah incredibly interesting i can see that and then sort of interspersed throughout these incredible rooms that have just been recreated which in of itself is is an art form because it is set dressing and it's very yeah. very clever they have Lots of haunted dolls. They've got the Dibbock box. They've got haunted mirrors. They've got other rooms set up. And there were two rooms I wouldn't go in. I just got vibes and I was like, I'm not going in them. And that was Peggy's doll room. Yeah. 
And Don't look Peggy in the eyes. Yeah, if you're looking on the internet, I'm actually not going to put a picture of her on Instagram because I'm very superstitious about it, but you're not supposed to look her in the eye. Even images. Even images. And things like that, yeah. Yeah, it can, it can cause health problems and... Oh. <laughs> he quickly got rid of Peggy. <laughs> well done, Gaber. Uh, and so I just thought, and when you go in the room, you, you're supposed to greet her and be cordial and say, hi, yeah. Peggy, it's well, nice to see you. you do that with Robert the doll as well, don't you? Exactly. Yeah. So you've got to show respect. But I was like, I just, for some reason, had to give the whole room a miss. I just got bad vibes about it. And then there was another room, and I can't, I think it might have been another doll, actually. And I couldn't go in that room either. Everything else I went into, mm-hmm. but those two scared the living bejesus out of me. And the reason I jumped on that person, that poor woman, was because they have a whole section with clowns. <laughs> Zach no. is terrified of clowns. So he has chlorophobia like we do. Oh. So for him to have collected all these things, it literally pains him and it's funny to see him because he's been to like the clown motel, which is haunted. Oh, uh, do you know what? I, no, oh, I couldn't. Oh, God, look, they just look... So nope. scary. And there's one that just jumps out at you. <gasps> and you, you know what we get like. <laughs> oh, no, I want to cry, stop it. And I literally launched forward onto this poor woman. I was like, I'm really, really sorry. She's like, no, it's fine. Can't cope with that. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. I, can you... Oh, God. <laughs> Again, I'll... Screen, please. <laughs> as many photos as I can find of... Don't just leave um, it I'll put on. But it's, yeah, it's, it's just, it is incredible. And the fact it's... Two and a half hours. Yeah. And you are tired when you get out of there because that's a lot. It's emotional. Just and a question. Can you avoid the clowns? No. You have to walk through that bit to get to the next. You can't avoid anything, really. You cannot go in rooms. That's what I mean. Can you not go into No, because it's a pathway through to get to another part of the museum. It's like so you bastard. <laughs> you literally have to go past them. So just be prepared for that. God, I will cry. It's really scary. So I'll tell you about. Um, so that it was weird that I got felt sick in that in Doctor Kavorkian's room. Mm. Then also, um, I so I was wearing a denim jacket, and I have a tiny little pocket, mm. tiny little breast pocket, and in that pocket I had. I do like a crystal. You do love a crystal. She was charging them the other night. I was round hers, and uh, there was a full moon. She's like, "Oh, I need to put my crystals out to charge them." Recharge them in the in the moon. And so I had a little obsidian crystal, which is uh, for protection, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I also had, so I'm not a Christian, I'm very spiritual and I have beliefs, but I'm not a certain religion. But I have a really beautiful hand-carved cross that one of my dear friend's mums gave to me when we lost our cousin Richard. And she just said, you know, I don't know how to help you but I want you to take this and hold it if you're stressed and just have it in your yeah. hand. It was just a really lovely thing for her to do. And I took it to Vegas with me and I had that in my pocket as well. Mm. So in my little pocket, tiny pocket, I've got my crucifix and my obsidian crystal. And I think, do you know what? After signing that waiver and reading what could happen so to me, I have it with me. <laughs> I'm, I'm just taking all the protection I've got. I've always got a crucifix fixed necklace yeah. I've got one tattooed on my hand I just you know so halfway around this tour I, f- I forgot they were there because my pocket was closed I thought well oh, ch- check they're still there the cross had turned upside down in my pocket I wonder if that was Richie having, having a joke with you because he knows what you're like maybe <laughs> or it might have been a scary demon very good have been because so if I will actually. I might actually put pictures of it on yeah. Instagram to show because the pocket is so small that to turn around that crucifix, you'd have had to take you'd it have out. You'd have had to take yeah. it out, physically turn it around, and put it back. The pocket was still closed, and I didn't feel no one was groping me and like moving crosses around on my boob. <laughs> so it's not like someone bumped into me and it all of a sudden went the other way. Like none of that. There's it couldn't. N- yeah. There's no Occam's razor solution to this other than a scary demon did it to me and that honestly when I found that and I was I was on my own so I didn't want to tell anyone like they're gonna think I'm crazy crazy. yeah Uh, so that that really freaked me out (gasps) heebie-jeebies again really freaked me out and when because I I do love the paranormal and I study parapsychology as a hobby not like not properly I'm not like that clever 
But uh, when I've watched all the things that we watch, when mm-hmm. you go into these buildings, it you know, the kind of energy you receive depends a lot on the energy you give out and your intent when you get there. So if you're going there to rile some shit up and disrespect yeah. the dead and spirits and whatever else that you do or don't believe in, you're just going there with a bad intention and they'll... I believe they'd be able to sense that. But I was like, la, 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 I'm coming in with good intentions. <laughs> Skippity-doo-da. Skippity-doo. Got in the museum and I was like, thank you for letting me come to the museum. Like, literally talking to myself, like, yeah, you know. And then on the way out, I did say, thank you very much for letting me see the museum. I don't want anything to follow me home. You have not permission to follow me home. Um you know, la da da. Stay here. Stay, stay where you are. I think you're best off here. Yeah, I think um, you'd live happily here. You don't want to inhabit my body. Exactly. <laughs> so, my mind. So that is Zach Bagan's haunted museum, and it is just. I, I really, really want to go with you. Oh, we would have a blast. Yeah. Um, I have to say, I know we've haven't done very many episodes, but this has been my favourite. Oh yay! Yeah, because it's paranormal. We love the spookies. That's very true. Oh, yeah, no, I do enjoy this one. So, oh, thank you. Oh, no, that's okay. I think, were you going to read a review? Yeah, so I was looking at reviews and you just, you know, I know you went there with your intentions of it being mainly supernatural rather than sort of the murderabilia and everything yeah. like that. But I do think like perhaps there would be like a note that it includes like serial killer shit. Of course. Blah, 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 blah. So when I was looking at reviews... <coughs> excuse me um one says obscene obsession with violent death avoid and <laughs> so they gave it a one star and um i just feel like these people would have known what they were getting into and they said it's quite a long review um i'll read it as quick as i can we anticipated an exciting tour of the paranormal in keeping with the theme of the show ghost adventures fair enough Instead, we endured a macabre journey into the world of serial killers and violent death. Again, I feel like this is... It's very much connected with the paranormal. Yeah, like, I mean, if anything's going to be haunted, it's serial killer shit, right? And if they actually know anything about the paranormal and energy, it's all about having these different energies in one environment that already is haunted supposedly mm-hmm. what are they on about i just think they're egypts to be fair um they go on to say to be fair half of the tour was scary ghost and paranormal stuff but the other half revealed zach's obsession with sexual torture serial killers and celebrity death many people in our group spoke of wanting to vomit while touring dr kevorkian's death van or looking at the insane original art of kevorkian and john wayne gacy one exhibit was the actual bed and torture devices used by a serial killer of six young men and boys. So this is quite a good review because it's touching on the things that you've spoken about. Yeah. Uh, complete with the orig- original bedsheet covered by blood and the actual faeces of one or more victims and the wooden dildo used to do the deed. This and several other exhibits were revolting. Do we really need to see Chris Farley's death scene photo? The blood which poured from Farley's orifices apparent in the picture came as a direct result of an exploded heart. It was like watching violent pornography. Mm. No, no, it's not. We felt dirty and nauseous and it ruined our day as it did to many others in our group. Avoid. I just think you're going in there very bloody naive. When you get tickets, there are lots of warnings telling you what's coming up. So the waiver. Pay attention. Read the waiver before you sign it. And for goodness sake, you're not going to go into a haunted museum that it says there's serial killer stuff in there for mm-hmm. and have cakes on display. Come on, people. My review is five stars. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. It's great. It does more than what it advertises, I think. And if you don't like serial killers, just don't go into those rooms. Yeah, simples. You literally don't. You can avoid that. You can avoid that. You can't avoid the clowns. You have a choice. You can avoid that. Someone else said that the $3 water is the scariest part and they're asking for money back. (laughs) I'm sorry, but that's Vegas. $3 for a water in Vegas is pretty reasonable. And I think there was one other review, and I'll only read a little bit of it. Um, One of the biggest rip-offs Vegas has to offer. So, where to start? Just like Zach's travel channel show, Ghost Adventures, his museum is clearly about as fake as it gets. 
Ugh. Starting with the tour guys, you can obviously tell they have memorised very detailed and bullshit scripts that Zach has written for them. He even goes so far as to have his guys lie about getting scratches and marks on their body from working there. Please save the ghost stories for the kids at the campfires. Not only that, but the videos they have of the supposed paranormal activity that's gone on in, in some of the rooms is so fake and edited, it's almost funny. To top it all off, this tour is by far the longest tour I've ever been on anywhere. That wouldn't have been a problem, really, if they hadn't told us beforehand that it would only last about an hour and a half. When I looked at the time after our tour finally ended, I realised we had been there for at least two and a half hours. My friends and I were considering just leaving after about two hours, um, but they decided to ride it, ride it out in the hopes that the last few rooms would be somewhat interesting and make the tour worth their while. Um, but apparently they didn't. The only reason I gave this a two star instead of a one star was simply because there was a very short part of the tour that was like a haunted house with a few scares and a random ass creepy clown. There you go. <laughs> all in all, I do not recommend this attraction to anyone unless you are extremely gullible, um, desperate for a cheap thrill. There's a lot of fun stuff to do in Vegas that's worth your money. This place is not one of them. Now I hope I don't get possessed or haunted by any spirits for giving this a bad review, but it's okay. I always have my holy water on me. Listen, Karen, <laughs> if you don't like ghosts or you don't like ghost adventures, why on earth would you go to Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum? It's I, I just think if you like the paranormal and or you like true crime, it is bang on. Why, if they didn't like Zach Bagan's and didn't like ghost adventures, why, why would go? they go to his museum then? Ugh, people. Karen. Karen. No. But we're going to go together. I'm going to make sure we go together. Absolutely. And I am so excited for it already. <laughs> it, honestly, I would go to Vegas just for that. So Brilliant. You know, so that's what we're going to have to do. So on that note, make sure you like, subscribe and review our podcast on whatever platform you're listening. Our social media is at Cars of Them Carb on Instagram. Our email is carsofthemacabre at gmail.com if you want to send us any feedback. I can't say we're going to be gracious with feedback, but if you send <laughs> us stories, if you have any ghosty paranormal true crime stories connected with cars, we're going to collect them. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you Yeah, with your own personal experiences, definitely. Exactly. Hope you enjoyed. So this is brought to you by Park Lane Studios. Thank you very much, Mark. I'm going to let you... So I've always wanted to do it together. You start the okay. bit. And uh, until next time, make sure you stay, stay spooky, spooky, bitches. bitches.